This is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremony. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. is for me. Oh, you shouldn't have. Of course you should have, but thank you for doing this anyway. It means the world to me that you would present me with a gift such as this. See, this is why I like my cast and crew. They give great performance, do good work, and then they give me gifts. What's not to like, huh? Uh, what is this? A new functional microphone. Oh, this is amazing. Thank you very much. This is going to help me do so much good work with this. Good, good. Ah, what is the occasion anyway? I take it that's a human thing. Or where is it? Is this an Earther tradition? A Mars tradition? Well, it's certainly not Mimbari. I mean, they like their gifts and everything, but it's more to the spiritual stuff, not something like this. Ooh, it's colded in gold. Oh, you know what I like. Ah. Oh, that explains the, uh... Ooh. Well, that's an interesting image to paint on this side. I like it. I like it. Ah, good. Ah. And, and look, we have guests. We have guests! Yes, come, come, sit, sit. You're just in time to watch me enjoy this new gift from my uh, my associates here. Thank you very much to all my casting crew who made this possible. And to you, you great listeners who allow us to do this on a regular basis by supporting us by enjoying our work. In other words, thank you for buying our stuff. That being said, I imagine you want to know more about the good stuff and more about what happened at the Tau Marie Celestia, yes? Good. Now, here's the good news. I get to try out this good microphone like this and allow the recording to tell you what happened last time. I am going to sit back and enjoy this story with you. So, shall we begin? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Uh, gonna have to tell us where we were. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How could y'all forget? So the last thing that happened uh, last episode was Dooley and Ty went to set up the trap for the captain by imprisoning Milgram in a cell. Had to explain to Kali that Ty is in fact Ty in a human body and not you know, another brain-jumped, who-knows-possessed thing, um, mm -hmm. dur during which time the captain shows up with a grenade and a smile. And oh, yeah. Okay, yep. Mm -hmm. So there was that fight uh, where the captain was trying to blow her way into the cell using a spray explosive, and uh, Ty and Dulee put up a decent fight, uh, sort of, and mm -hmm. able to hold off the, the captain for a while, including the fact that Julie literally got sprayed in the face with the uh, spray explosive foam uh, yeah. and her and her armor. So basically, when all looked darkest, uh, Milgram came by, 
you know, uses tele telepathic and telekinetic powers to keep uh, her at in in stasis in stasis for a moment while fighting it. Uh, and then he said, you know, company's coming. Essentially, he told everyone to get to the armory. But right before y'all closed the armory door, you saw that the hatch opened, and about five or six people came in whose heads opened up, mm. and bugs came out and started devouring the captain. And when the captain was fully devoured, the thumb on the detonator she had fell and exploded. Now, you guys were in the armory, thus protected from the explosion. And I just want to say this for the record. Uh, the reason why the explosive on Julie didn't go off is, of course, the armory is sealed for all rate, uh, uh, transmissions. It's a, it's a zero area to make sure nothing goes in or out. So... Yes, when you got back, when you got out, you found pieces of Milgram. You found very little left of the captain. The The whole security office is probably going to need repair, lots of it. And you found one bug that had remained, but was dead. And so that's what was going on with Ty and Julie. In the other side of things, for Mirgrat, Mirgrat was helping out Tuvo, who you know, the episode before said, I, I don't feel too good blood shooting out his nose and passing out. You figured out that he was receiving a high-speed telepathic transmission that his brain was having a hard time coping with. And then in process, not only did you help him deal with that, as well as the other brains who basically helped share the the, the uh, download load, as it were. So this um, is why you have to treat your brains well, because then they help you out. Exactly. Um, <laughs> There's another quote for you. This is why you have to treat your brains well. With all that, when you started singing, because you didn't know what else to do with, with him, you found a place where he could feel connected and and uh, assured because he was feeling loneliness and isolations and that just kind of the deep darkness that came from within that, like, I guess you call it post-revelatory depression, you know, where you've been so high up and you see this great thing and the fact you're back down in the, in the dirt just kind of, like, throws you. So you started singing to Tuvo, and it became a beautiful song. And at the end of it, while holding Tuvo and saying, kind of doing the equivalent of it's going to be okay, in your mind, you started hearing the song being sung back from someplace not too far away. Yeah, this can't end well. <laughs> okay. The number of times that our games has involved the phrase, we are fucked, and yet y'all are still here. That's a good sign. Uh, I mean, just because shit gets real doesn't mean you stop trying. As Bravo. So yeah, so where we left off was, uh, Julie had picked up the bug and said, oh, I believe Beercraft will want to see this in in-depth detail. That is a good assumption. <laughs> Lean so, into that instinct. <laughs> we begin with uh, uh, Julie and Ty after picking up the things and uh, leaving uh, Kali to basically clean up and see if she can get an engineering crew to help deal with the security office or otherwise figure out where they can set up a secondary security office. Because, <laughs> you know, explosions. Hey, and this time it wasn't entirely my fault. Hey! Mm. <laughs> Progress. We're improving. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no hydrogen to work with. No methane. So yeah. So you're basically fast forward a little bit where you got the bug and you're taking it back to to Mirgrat. So basically, about the time that Mirgrat is hearing the, the song from far away, is when the door chimes and it's Julie and Ty wanting back in because I. I believe y'all are heading in that direction. Hmm. Just so I know, uh, can I get a notice check for both Julie and Ty? Okay. Oh, it's poorly. Let's see. I have to remember how to do 23. This. Oh, 23 with a natural 20. Okay. I'm getting there. <laughs> 25. Five, not bad. Interestingly, uh, yes, uh, Tori got the better score and the better roll, but uh, Ty got a natural 20, which in theory isn't supposed to matter much for skill checks, but I like having the natural 20 just in case. So okay. you, both of you notice fairly quickly when you're going through, um, it's not even a minor change. It's kind of significant. There are fewer people on the promenade and various uh, uh, areas you had to travel through to get back to the second class area and your regrets back in. So mm. there's, yeah, it seems to be less and less people every time you're here. Now you have mentioned that there was a significant bunch of people who are missing. There are people who are now down on the planet because, you know, they're doing the, trying to set up uh, a temporary or more permanent structure base to, in case they have to be back, which is starting to look more interesting. Oh, I almost forgot to mention last time, and this probably came out, there was an information that came up about the model maker. Again, you guys don't have much about it, but it was something that two both was important enough to mention. So just if that comes up later, there you go. Just had to remember that. Um so but yeah, you're noticing that a lot of areas, a lot of shops that should be open on the promenade, because again, this is you know, shopping happens in every resort and every cruise ship. Uh, a couple of the stores are closed. A couple of the uh, kiosks are not uh, open up. So yeah, but you're noticing everything around here is a lot quieter. Some kiosks are not open. Some stores are, are not available. Now it's not like in wasteland, like nobody's out. You no, know, you know, everyone's locked up. But it definitely seems more spacious. A lot more spacious. Hmm. It's like one of those streets that used to have a lot of stuff going on, but now a lot of the businesses are for rent. And so there's just like, people don't go to that street as much. There aren't as many open storefronts. Mm -hmm. Everything just seems kind of like older and sadder and, and less nice. Hmm? Kind of, yeah. But it's not quite the full wasteland or, you know, this used to be a town or anything else like that. You can still see plenty of people. No, it's just drastically on the decline. Mm -hmm. People are walking through more than they more than they are walking around. Exactly, except for the casino. That's packed. Shocker. <laughs> I mean, you got to do something for fun. Let's avoid that know. area for now. You do know a couple people who seem to be on, kind of on watch. They're not the usual security people, but they look like they're just trying to keep the area they're, they're sitting and observing in a way that for Ty getting the cool role seems like people are not casing the place more as 
they're being hyper vigilant. Mm. You know, again, it, it's kind of like when when store people, uh, instead of you know relying on the cops or anything else like that, kind of stand out front or hire people to stand out front of various shops. Mm-hmm. It kind Mall of cops. has that feel. Yeah. Hmm? Mall cops. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, not even like like cops, but or even Brenda cops. It's more just you know people doing it because. Uh, a significant mm. portion of them, you notice, are Narn. Of course. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of Drazis are doing it, a couple of other uh, groups are uh, involved, but, yeah. Again, there's plenty of humans doing it, too, and not too many Mimbari, and uh, no, almost no Centauri, but that's, you know, to be expected, there's very few on the ship. Yeah, two of the major Centauri, y'all know! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the other major races, I mean, there's a couple other minor races that have their, let's just say, representatives on the, the citizens' patrol. But yeah, it's yeah, the majority look to be about Narnish. Narn or Drazi. The Pachnar uh, patrol has a very specialized beat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Pachnar <laughs> patrol is just the, I'm here, and we're done now. Thank you. Because uh, <laughs> you know, humans go, you know, with a lot of other species, like, whoop. You're not the most pleasant to be around, and you have a reputation of eating people once we're dead. You know what? We're, we're good. We're good. Hey, uh, at least we wait until you're dead. Like exactly. we're not. We're not monsters. <laughs> you're not going. You're not looking up to it. Your thigh would be amazing in a stew. Can I have it now? Um, <laughs> no, that that would be crass. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have this image now of like like the collector from, from Guardians of the Galaxy as a Pac Marah going up other interesting species going, wow, you would be tasty. I, I will gladly pay you now for your corpse after you die of natural causes. Fine. Sign here, sign here, sign here, initial here, initial here. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so you basically noticing the the lack of people and some of the for lack of a better term, people who seem to be ready to take the law into their own hands. So this is obviously going to bring, you know, nerves into question. Uh, not my business. They can do what they want with their own shops. So I can't imagine that neither Ty nor I look like anybody they want to mess with right now, having lived through an explosion and braining and <laughs> bugs. I mean, uh-huh. I know Nard don't have, you know, the equivalent of wild hair, but... Yeah, we've got to have like tattered clothes and gunpowder or not gun. Well, you know, the equivalent of gunpowder burns. Yeah. I mean, we just we have to look like we've been through hell. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, the phrase not my problem is also going both ways. There's a bunch of people looking at you in security armor. (laughs) You know, you still have at least one of you still has your your chest, uh, your uh, chest piece. but you also have your security badge, so they're again not going to mess with you. And yeah, you're looking like you all came through a battle. Mm-hmm. Unless you mm-hmm. guys step up and do anything, nobody's going to touch you. Nope. No. Yeah. There's no need. I mean, people standing in the hallway. So yeah. <laughs> again, most of them aren't going to do anything until you start, you know, saying something to them or doing something they disapprove of. But it's the, they're very much reactionary. They're not going to do anything until you do something. 
Don't start no shit, won't be no shit. Not my problem. That, I'm just gonna keep that, moving. That would basically be it. So yeah, but it, it is kind of troubling. Uh, what the hell? If you guys have knowledge history or knowledge tactics or knowledge civics. Nope. 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 Tori, do you have any of those? Nope. Law. Okay. Yeah, I got customs nope. laws. <laughs> Not quite. In this Other way. than that, it's uh, cultures. So. Okay. Uh, then, then just do a straight intelligence check. Both of us? Yes. Where? Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I rolled a one. Yay. Two ones. Oh, my goodness. So the one in 400 chance of both of us turning to look at each other and say, um. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. As you both go, wait, there's people who are not security kind of guarding some of the shops on a luxury cruise liner. Uh, as if this was uh, a war-torn area or gangland territory or something like that. And yet, and again, there's less people here. The, the idea that's coming to you guys' mind is there's a powder keg about ready to go. Because when people have given this little faith in any sort of security and uh, stability, uh, okay. Nerves get raw, people get scared, and when people get raw and scared, they're going to do something stupid. Mm-hmm. And so, That's how it works. Also, if there's a hockey game, then they will also do something stupid. Well, it's true. a hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> hockey, a sport so violent it inspired a serial killer. A fake one, but popular. That would be Jason. Basically, you guys make it to Mirgrat's quarters. Uh, Mirgrat, who is still holding Tuvo until Tuvo kind of starts sleeping. I mean, literally, he just kind of, like, cries himself to sleep and then just passes out. Yeah, I've had days like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yes, there is a uh, chime uh, for the the door chime, which is very obviously Julie and and Ty. So, And once again, we we look like hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, again, if you forget everything I told you about, you know, what happened with them last time, they sh- they're they now showing up in partial armor, burn, mo- burn marks, smoke damage, holding a wrapped thing that seems to be covered in a blue viscous goo and looking like, you know, I guess the word I'd say is ragged. Yeah, this doesn't actually seem that out of the ordinary based on my experiences with them. Also... <laughs> <laughs> I would have I mean, you to, ain't wrong. I would assume that Mirgorat has like keyed their biometrics into the entrance of the Bat Cave, so they don't actually need to ring. They can just come in. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, they just you know, come on in. And yeah, they look bad. Oh, and by the way, yes, looks like uh, Du Lee has this uh, swipe of some pink sticky stuff on her face. Quick, give me a quick science roll. I, I, I don't think I have to. Uh, what is it? Not science. The um, uh, knowledge chemistry, if you've got it, or knowledge. Um, <laughs> Please. Actually, uh, I think. Can I? Can I just use investigate? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'll allow this case. 
because um, I'm pretty sure that covers stuff like smelling and tasting, and Pakmara have very, very advanced uh, senses of smell and taste. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, that should have been an 11. Um, oh, so my still. result was actually a 29 instead of a 30. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, dear. Still. I was kind of reaching over my microphone and also my embroidery hoop to type that. <laughs> that that's an interesting image. Uh, anyway. Listen, uh, I have a lot of shit on my desk. That's okay. I just recently cleared off mine, so I, I, I thoroughly feel you. So basically, in this case, though, you just kind of go, ah, yeah, Julie, ah, Ty, and just kind of do the whole <laughs> Ty, sorry, Julie. Why have brought you into contact with explosives? Yeah. Um, it's a long story. Dead. My plan worked. It did. So, yeah, Milgram's also dead, I assume. Probably. More than likely. And we brought you a present. I love presents! I hand out the package. Uh, I will take it. Um, and then I will, I will sort of like put it, I will, uh, I will put it in my robes and, uh, say, I do not have a present. Unfortunately, uh, there was an incident involving intern Tuvo mm-hmm. and some data that was being uh... downloaded directly to his brain. How is that possible? Is he okay? That remains to be seen! Is he dead? Absolutely not! Do we need to bring him to the medical facility? That would probably be unwise! Oh. Okay. What? (laughs) (laughs) As the war torn two, we get this interesting news that Chuvo has received a lot of data directly to his brain. He's having a hard time. Um, okay. Uh, how do... Wait. What? <laughs> yeah, just think about that for a second on the other end of thing. You literally just came out of a, of a fight for your lives and were just informed about the, about Tuvo in a, in a strange manner. There is a lot about life that does not seem right anymore. Well, I mean, also the guy in charge of Medbay is like a war. So... Very, very true. Mm. Maybe we don't want our impressionable intern who also had a bunch of, like, possibly secret data downloaded into his brain hanging out there. Because, like, I'm just saying, if if we're just like, hey, uh, war criminal, uh, we, we brought you this child that has a bunch of interesting alien data somewhere in his brain... Like I'm, I'm not giving good odds that said child gets to keep said brain in the long term. Okay, well, no? this is my kid, and I don't want him to die for weird data reasons. So if you can't make sure he's okay, he needs to go to a real doctor. <clears throat> All right, uh, can I roll a medicine check to like? Get, get get like an idea of Tuvo's condition so I can sure. tell s- stuff to Ty to make her feel better. <laughs> you actually do have a medical <laughs> kit, and uh, you know Ty also has a medical kit technically. Yeah, but Ty's but not really a doctor. Kit. She doesn't know what to do yeah, that shit. True. 
Who's gonna sell it? <laughs> Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay. You could definitely verify the life signs seem to be stable. That you know, heart uh, resting uh, heart rate is fine. Blood pressure is fine. Neural activity seems to be uh, a little uh, a little elevated, but not outside the bounds of safety parameters. And also, like uh, his brain isn't actively oozing out of his ears. Yeah, that helps. Um, That's like one of the first things they teach you to check for in med school. Really? Mm. Oh, did not know that. Or did you no, no, uh, like you know that I was being like <laughs> facetious there, Dan, right? <laughs> okay, I was just gonna let him start telling everybody for the rest of his life that. <laughs> okay, you do remember that whole we're all on a little less sleep than we need, right? <laughs> okay, but like, actually, you know what? Fair. I know I, I've been I've seen some real fucking idiot doctors. They probably should like remember to check that people's brains aren't actively oozing out of their ears. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Tori and I both know somebody who actively had their brains oozing out their nose. Wait, excuse me? What? Technically brain fluid, not yeah. brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well I guess that's easier on your sinuses, but uh still I'm guessing that's bad. <laughs> Wasn't a good thing. Yeah, no. Fear not! Intern Tuvo is doing just fine physically. I believe he will be alright once he sleeps off the mental shock of having many, many gigabytes of data downloaded directly to his brain. I think he's gonna be alright. There are other things that could happen to him unrelated to this. I cannot say for 100% certainty that he will not come down with a rare case of liver flukes while he is asleep. Although it is unlikely. Thanks. Great. Great. This is going super well. Um, how did this happen? That is unknown. How do you think this happened? Possibly. Do you- should I roll telepathy to see if I can have any any idea? Yeah, I'll let you do that. Okay. I score in that again. A fairly good score. That's <laughs> all right. It's not as good as my medicine, but nothing is. Twenty-two. Okay, not too bad. Uh, you have some theories that definitely there had to be a powerful telepath because most telepathy has to be line of sight. So. You have no idea where that would come from because nobody in the room had that level of power. So it had to come from a very powerful telepath directly streaming a lot of information in. And give me a quick intelligence check. Okay. Hello. All right. So, yeah, you also have a theory that whoever did this one has uh, power levels beyond what normally has been indicated by many by many powers and two would do so out of a sense of desperation because why else do you download that amount of data to a small boy on a whim um i mean that sounds like the telepathic equivalent of a ddos attack uh so i don't know well, no, a DDoS attack would be the uh, telepathic of a DDoS attack would be shutting down uh, or flanking so much information that their senses shut down. Uh, isn't that what happened? <laughs> uh, 
kind of, but we're talking about very, this is not just, you know, sights, sounds, smells, tastes, and touch, and whatever. This was uh, archival data. Yeah, so his sense of time also got totally fucked. Mm, there's that. I'm just saying, like, uh, <laughs> motives well, remain unknown. They could have just been trying to keep me from having access to my best intern. That is absolutely true. Absolutely possible. Go ahead and get a quick another medical check. 24. Okay. Uh, from what you can tell from the, again, the, the matter of the, you know, this could be a DDoS attack. It could be someone to trying to deprive you of your intern. It could be someone, you know, doing a direct attack on him because of his history. Uh, he is the only half Rikiri on, uh, technically on this ship. Technically. But again, it, whatever this is, uh, the amount of, from your scanning, you can definitely tell certain parts of the brain that have been uh, activated. And a lot of storage capacity has been used. Not that they can't learn anything more, but again, the brain is processing a lot of uh, direct long-term memory function. Yeah, he, he's probably encoding a bunch of shit right now. Well, I cannot guess as to the motives, intern Tuvo was the recipient of a direct telepathic download. However, I do not know of any telepaths currently on the ship who are strong enough to accomplish this feat. Well, it happened, so clearly someone is. Somewhere. This is true! Great, someone else to look for. We we actually know of one. The one who was occupying your body and then jumped to that rogue telepath, what'd they call him? A blip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you remember what happened to him, though, right? He got absorbed into the bio ship, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, oh. absorbed into the big flipper thing that then entered the bio ship, and then the bio ship left. Listen, if you oh, enter okay. the bio ship, I, I assume you absorbed into the bio ship. That's how bio ships do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so not him, but you know, if there's one blip, there could be another. That is true. Okay. Great. Um, great. Okay. So I need to find another fucking telepath to kill, to find this telepath so that I can remove them. What? From the ship permanently. <clears throat> I love the concept like, well, now gotta find a telepath so I can kill another telepath. And then other people are gonna get here. So you know what? I just might as well burn the ship down. <laughs> I mean, I cannot blame Ty at this point in time. Like, yes. set it on fire is becoming an increasingly valid, like, decision in the in this scenario. Mm. Like, between the bugs and the telepaths and just all of the shit. Sorry, I'm thinking of uh, uh, the adventures of Gumball. Touch everything, uh, clean everything he touches with fire. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's the Elder God's ship at this point. <laughs> so, what now? Question, was I given the link code for the top engineer who was going to work on getting that ship free? Uh, you were given access to him, but remember, that's when the captain attacked. And, uh, 
shot and killed a number of engineers, as well as highly wounding uh, Aparo. Right, but I thought the main engineer was, was survived. Yeah. So because I remember. Yeah. Um, Let's just say if, if it's not him, it's somebody else in the line. There's at least some engineer who's working that stuff. Hmm. What you thinking? I just I want to get a status. If we can get that shit free, then you know the guy promised to give us a, a boost towards home. Yeah, but he's also probably full of shit. There's a possibility. There's a big mm. possibility. Mm. Seemed legit to me. Is much as any of this is at all I'm gonna stay here and wait for my kid to wake up yeah okay I mean Mirgaret's also going to stay and monitor intern Tuvo's vital signs and also like confer with the brains regarding any of the data that they they got when they were helping manage the overflow okay uh, uh like I think uh, I think Mirgaret's gonna start trying to assemble that telepathic jigsaw puzzle Assemble the team! Brains! Mirgret! Form of! Okay. So, you're going to monitor his vital signs. Right now, I can tell you that his vital signs are stable. They're not exactly normal because he's asleep. He's unconscious at the moment. And like I said, his long-term memory is very active. Uh, His short-term, not so much. Like, when your Uh, brain is jacked up, things can change at any time. Because, like, that's that's the thing that controls the rest of your body. True. So, like, if it's not sending good signals, uh, other shit can, like, decide it can take the wheel, and, uh, fucking surprise, it cannot. <laughs> Things not your brain should not be in charge of your body. Understood. So, okay. So, give me a quick, uh, medical check anyway. Because you did a, a couple already, but since you said you're monitoring, we'll take that for the long term. 35! All right! Yeah, you're, not only do you know that he's he's going to be okay, uh, enough of the other brain situations seems to be okay, just the long term is just, again, processing. Uh, everything else seems to be stable. Everything, all the, there's a term for it, it's out of my head. Uh, the uh, subconscious activities. Oh, God. Delta wave? I, no, no, I'm thinking of the stuff that your brain does without conscious thought that is part of an autonomic neural system. Oh, uh, your automatic uh, functions. Yeah, thank you. Your automatic functions. His automatic functions are all not only perfectly fine, they seem to be quite stable. I mean, they're just, you know, it's not like spit shined and glossy, but for a boy his age who's gone through the crap he's gone through, he's doing perfectly fine. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, Mirrorat is believed that Ty will maybe not kill them. She was thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't blame you, Mirrorat. Like, as much as much as Mirrorat values their favorite intern, um, actually, I think, I think, I think Tuvo might also be the last intern standing at this point. Um, yes, indeed. But but Tuvo was Mirgrat's favorite intern before he was the only intern. Um, <laughs> but the fact that he's a survivor certainly does help. Um, but but no, like Mirgrat understands the bond that parents have with their children uh, from a, a, a an outside perspective, and uh, is is relieved that uh, they are not going to have to run away from an axe wielding mama bear. <laughs> 
or something similar. Mm-hmm. So, Ty, you're keeping an eye on Tuva, waiting for him to get, to get conscious again, so you're just going to wait there. I'm also assuming that you're going to do the equivalent of uh, a little cleaning up while you're waiting. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that showers. Yeah. And then, Julie, you said you wanted to talk to the engineer or whomever's uh, involved with this, right? Yeah, yeah, I want to go talk to him. Okay. I don't so know what I'll... else to do. Um, I do need to check in with the, I guess, now captain at some point in time. Okay. Basically, I can tell you that the engineer you do contact is still basically saying, look, we're working on the project. We now have, like, seven different projects we're working on between keeping the ship together, shuttling people down, looking for uh, long-term habitation in case anything goes wrong here because this is weirdness. And yes, trying to extract that person's ship from the hull, which even he goes, I don't know how it got there in the first place, but okay. Yeah, apparently uh, neither does the Technomage. <laughs> huge mystery. He just kind of like throws his hands up. Uh, sure. Uh, mysteries, no problem. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> he's a human. He went. I went through. I went through catechism. Mysteries all abound. Got it. No more. No worries. <laughs> you know, we'll keep going from there. But he's still working on the project. He's still having a hard time, basically figuring out how to remove it from the superstructure. Besides being uh, essentially now a uh, load-bearing wall, at the same time certain duct structures and energy structures are actually routed through uh, that area. So there would be a matter of not just cutting him out, but unearthing a whole bunch of stuff and then replacing it back once he's out. So it wouldn't mm -hmm. be easy. But yeah, it's almost it, as if it's hard enough that a goddamn Technomage couldn't figure it out. <laughs> exactly, yes. Like, I love uh, that this, like, super mysterious, highly advanced technological individual is like, yeah, no, I can't figure this problem out. I'm going to contract it to a bunch of vanilla mortals. Hmm. Well, vanilla mortals who have more access to resources than he does. I guess. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 am, I, I still assume that this is not... Uh, uh, this is not a summa cum laude techno mage. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you're doing that. You're doing that. And then, uh, Mirgret, you're also going to do the conference with the brains to figure out, uh, piece together some stuff. So one, I'll need another telepathy check. Okay. Also, does the doctor go out? Nineteen. Okay. Uh, and then I'll need this a diplomacy check. Oh boy! Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fourteen. Okay. So the diplomacy is basically seeing whether or not you and the brains can work in harmony to solve this problem, essentially. And there's still some discongruities and personalities still come into effect. They're getting better about working together, but still it's it's strange and unusual situations. Um, so uh, some of them did share what little they were able to glimpse from the direct download. It was just too much to kind of hold on to data because the second you realize something, 
something else has replaced it, and the thing you were trying to hold on to has already vanished into the, into the ether. Yeah, this is a terrible way to transmit data, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, a couple of them do have, a couple of them figured out, <sighs> do you know what a RAID system is? A what, what, what? A computer RAID system. Yes. I think we can take that as a no. Okay. <laughs> Uh, So in this particular case, a RAID system is is essentially when you join multiple hard drives to act as one. But they're structured in such a way that, say you have five hard drives you put together and now they're one big hard drive. They're structured in such a way that one of those hard drives can physically fail and it will still carry on. Hold on a second. That does sound very cool. Well, it's actually old technology, but it's handy. I mean, old uh, technology does not mean not cool technology. That is true. Yep. Uh, that, so basically, that's the entire premise of steampunk. <laughs> there is that. So basically, they figured out that the brains are trying to get the information back and forth because they essentially, as the eight of them, acted as a read feature where they were get segments of data, multiples of the same segment, but not over the same system so that uh, they were better able to handle the capacity. Now, as they were trying to piece a few things together, let's start here. They actually do say, look, we're having trouble accessing uh, what was what in, but it felt feels more like memory. So <laughs> the one of them who was an engineer actually says, ask us something so maybe we could piece together the information by recall rather than trying to get something because we just we need to know how to something to focus on so we can pull that information through okay um i'm confused they don't remember engineering no no as in one of them was an engineer and they can't actually figure out there's so much data coming into them and parts of data Hmm. that they can't just say, oh, I remember X. Oh my God, it's exactly like the beginning of our sessions where no one remembers what happens last time. And then as soon as you say something specific, (laughs) we're like, oh, we get all of that now. Okay, good. Yes. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen who just heard that the podcast, yes, that's how we operate every week. Every Uh, goddamn week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they said, look, you just ask us a question or two about something, anything. Maybe we could try to pull together and it will click. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask a question then. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna ask something in Pak, in, in the language of the Pak Mara. Okay. Um, I think I'm just going to ask something like innocuous, like what did you have for dinner last night or whatever. Um, which is actually an extremely deep philosophical question in Pakmara culture. Um, <laughs> that would be, ooh, did you have for dinner last night? Well, um, what we we preserve we preserve non we preserve like plants and animals as well. Um, but uh, so I'm I'm going to ask that because based on the the presence of the singing, I think that guiding them towards something involving the Pakmara may be what it, what is necessary. Okay. 
Um, so I am I am telepathically going to use uh, like I'm going to send them a telepathic snippet of of Pac, uh because obviously we've been communicating telepathically and so language has not been a barrier. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Okay, give me another telepathy check. Twenty-three. Okay, so you do try to send some of the language as a way of saying, "Look, I think we're using this." Everything else, and immediately you're kind of got with essentially uh, annoyed screaming. Uh, from the brain. Yeah, from the brain. Because okay. you're sending. They're going. Look, we've got enough. We can handle. Stop sending. Oh, so they thought I was sending additional data. Uh huh which says this is Pakmara in origin. Okay, um, I'm going to ask them. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna ask them what did you have for dinner last night? Because I've established that's that's like the Pakmara equivalent of how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. <laughs> <laughs> um, World building. <laughs> Careful, I've been doing some of that on my on my own head, and it's not great. Um, basically, when you ask them, what did you have for dinner last night, they just kind of shrug and they said, none of us have eaten since we've been removed from our bodies. Yeah, well, that wasn't the intent of the question. The intent was to, to jog their memory. Okay, so clearly, okay, um, I'm going to ask them some very technical question about plasma. Uh, because all technology, all Pakmara technology is plasma-based. Um, Becca doesn't know what an intelligent question about plasma would be because okay. I'm not a person who does that anything related to plasma. Um, I assume Mirgarat would know what an intelligent question about plasma. This is definitely why we have stats for intelligence and skills because there's plenty mm -hmm. of things that Mirgarat knows that you don't, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, so um, I I'm just I'm gonna do that um, because I think that will be a reasonable way to to basically give them a Pokemara pop quiz. Okay, so only one of them has any knowledge about plasma. Again, the the uh, engineer. Now the engineer itself was the ship designer, so and a Centauri. So his ideas about plasma vary highly from. What I what you would consider standard Pakmara answers? Uh, I guess that would be a technical engineering role. Yeah. All right, I can do that. Fourteen. Okay, so yeah, you have some intelligent questions, and the engineer can answer some of it, but from a different perspective, because again, he's the engineer is Centauri and. Uh, has a different point of view of plasma than you do. But is so, the whole idea that um, we're trying to help them access the information that was downloaded? Mm-hmm. Well, which, so what does that tell you? Uh, it tells me that it didn't have jack to do with plasma, I guess. Uh, and what does that tell you based on the reason you just decided to choose plasma? Um, well, I, I, did, I chose plasma because it's the basis of Pokemon technology. Um, but... So, okay. So it's something that is similar enough to Pakmara that they thought I was still sending when I 
transmitted the Pakmara language, but it doesn't have anything to do with Pakmara culture. Is what I'm getting. Okay. Um, so I am going to ask them a question. Actually, can I roll Pakmara culture to see if there's anything like, if there are any splinters of like the Pakmara language in history that might help me like figure out what the hell is going on here? I'll do you one better. Let, just go ahead and make an intelligence check. Okay. Yes. Okay, what's your intelligence? 16. Okay, 15, so just under. Okay, so you're like, uh, it is of course, you know, sometimes these intelligence tests are a way for me to kind of go, poke, poke. In this particular case, you're going, part of the intelligence is the, oh, the, when they said, uh, please stop sending, it was because their bandwidth had been used up. They're still processing uh, information. So when you tried to send the language, it's another data file to add to the overburdened hard drive. Okay. So, so but wouldn't that have issues. been the case with, with asking questions? Because like, it, like I, I, an email and like, uh, I was going to make an analogy, but I don't think I know enough about technology, but like, it's all data coming through the same source because the only way we have to communicate is telepathically. Well, think of this in, in this particular way. Again, they're digesting everything, but also think of it that uh, using technical terms, the brain is a hard drive. That hard drive has now been pushed to capacity. So what happens when you have a brain, a, a hard drive that's almost completely full? How do you make more room? You either delete stuff or you defrag. And when you defrag, you're putting all the little bits together into something that actually opens up some space and shifts things around, makes it a little bit easier to process. Okay, so then is it that there's, there's, there's too big? One other possibility, compression on the fly. Remember Windows 7 had that? That's true. Um... Sorry, but what was, what was Becca? What was your question? Is it just that then, then that like the file I was trying to send them was too big? Essentially, yes. But okay. What you're also trying to do with the, the questions is not adding to the the hard drive. You're trying to recall from the hard drive. Yes, but that's what I was trying to do with the initial. Like, I was just the, when I was sending in POC, in POC, I was still doing that. I was just sending the query in a different language. Mm-hmm. But to get sent in a different language requires essentially a language data file so they would understand it. Um, actually, the idea wasn't necessarily that they would understand it because, like, either they have the, the, the information downloaded or they don't. Like, if you're using the find function, you don't need to have, like your computer doesn't need to be able to speak Dutch. It ju You just type a Dutch word into the search bar and it'll match any strings that match that. True. But in this particular case, you're not asking Dutch, you're asking C++ with the system that is designed for machine code. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So that's why when the whole, you have, they have to understand POC, at least to give information. They're basically having a conversation with you and to have more information of how to speak or how to understand POC becomes more data they have to process. Okay. Um, yeah, I think then I am, I'm going to ask, uh, 
go ahead, make another intelligence check. Uh, no, actually, like, I'm trying to think for a second. Um, I'm gonna ask something in Yithian. Okay. You've all been practicing Yithian, so that's fine. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask some kind of question about like, uh, astronomical uh, charts or whatever. Like, I'm just going to ask like, how do you get from this place to this other place, but in Yithian? Okay. All right. So in that particular case, asking questions in Yithian, y'all are practicing the language, so that's not going to be out of a problem. You. They do try to say a couple things about how the Ithians saw time and saw space and saw travel, which, again, stuff that had come up previously thanks to Ty's information. Yeah, and also that's uh, probably some arrival shit. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Uh, contact or arrival. I think I have. I just can't remember right now. Oh, yes, yes, I have. Thank you. Yes, with the, the squid people. Right. Yes, the, uh, ones, the ones that, like, have access <laughs> to all parts of the timeline because of the way their language functions. And also, Jer Jeremy Renner is a fucking tool. That too. Unfortunately, uh, my brain jumped to The Arrival, which is a bad sci-fi movie starring Charlie Sheen from the mid-90s. So I had to process that. Yep. That is not in my cultural lexicon. <laughs> Be thankful. So in this particular case, asking the iffy questions, like I said, just for my own head, though, give me another intelligence check. Okay. Four. Four. So, okay. yes, that is a good thing because my intelligence is 16. All right. So they're talking about places and things like that, and they are starting to process a bit more because they feel like they're getting a better scope of the land, for lack of a better term, and that something mentioned to them was about not just jump gates and uh, hyperspace points, but... <sighs> holes in space that act as a slipstream corridor. They're not as efficient as hyperspace, but they help certain structures get from warm cloud to warm cloud. Wormholes! Uh, we have discovered a network of wormholes! Kinda. Again, nowhere near as efficient as doing the uh, hyperspace jump, which is essentially another wormhole, sort of. Yeah, but uh, these are like natural wormholes, so it's different. Exactly. It's like uh, it's like taking a system of caves through a mountain versus like dynamiting yourself a nice tunnel. Bingo. That's a good way of putting it. Yes. And so there's a couple of those around here that they're almost certain of. They just can't quite figure out the where's and when's. Um, there was an image that came up though, and one word that came up last time that came up again, and that was model maker. When you start talking about you know, astronomy and travel and all the rest of that, the concept of the model maker was how that came up was somebody, you couldn't even figure out who, because they're starting to work almost as a hive mind, mentions that the model maker's about three jumps from here using the corridors that I mentioned, the slipstream corridors. But the slipstream corridors, by the way, also they can tell you do not extend past Vorlon space. I suspect that that means that the Vorlons are responsible for these wormholes. They're, they they did say, yeah, the model maker's not far, and that this is something that they just find fascinating. They haven't quite pinpointed down what it means, but there was something important about that. They, it, that whole, like when you're trying to recall something you know you know, 
but you can't remember it anymore. And so it kind of itches the back of your head. Yes, and I uh, hate that feeling. Yeah, now imagine that on, you know, uh, times eight. And also you're a brain in a jar, so you can't even scratch your brain. Yeah, well, you can. You just have to think of the right thing. A lot of ASMR helps. <laughs> Sorry, that is it. So, yeah, so you're getting this information about this is stuff that seems to be coming up, and it's, you can't quite get your hands on it, but it is something definitely there. And the other thing you can tell from all these conversations, they're helping with the defragging and they're helping with the, the processing. They know they're going to have a lot more data soon. They're literally say they're going to sleep on it because that's another way of processing stuff. Yep. But the other thing yeah, they realize is they were, as I said, the RAID drive, but the RAID drive had a primary hard drive to pull from. That was Tuvo. So we're not going to have clear answers until Tuvo's awake and able to contribute to our brainstorming session. Exactly. Yes, it was on purpose. <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, my partner asked from across the room, uh, brainstorming, was that on purpose? Of course <laughs> it was fucking on purpose. <laughs> 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 Don't you love it when their actors give you a good improv? I know I do. But that's why you have to keep coming back to join us again for another episode of Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Now, I have a new microphone and I know exactly what to do with it. This great earther tradition, they call it karaoke. I picked up this, this book from uh, something called ABBA. I think it's going to be a great performance. Where is everyone going? Come back! And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Odyssey, a Babylon 5 RPG podcast, or Reddit, r slash odyssey b5 babylon 5 was created by j michael straczynski and is owned by warner brothers domestic media the babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by mongoose publishing utilizing the ogl gaming license for d20 our audio engineer is gabriel belden our theme music titan striker was composed by evan king incidental music provided by tabletop audio at tabletopaudio.com all other music provided by creative commons license and is available of information on our website once again, I am Daniel, and I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.